It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, y'all? Happy Wednesday. We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. On today's episode, we were fortunate to be joined by Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Colorado win. Kevin, in my opinion, is the best newspaper sports reporter in the entire state of Colorado. So anytime that I can get him on the podcast to chop it up is a treat. But specifically, I wanted to talk with him about the state of the offensive line. The Rams are leaning on a lot of new players in the trenches. What's encouraging, although we got to somewhat take these results with a grain of salt, is the fact that this group seems to be gelling a little bit quicker than expected. So we talked about that as well as Kevin's article, which came out on the group this morning. Highly recommend you go check that out. Phenomenal, phenomenal lead about how you're going to have to call them the Dorito Bunch because this group has so many chips on their shoulder. Again, definitely make sure you go check that out. But it was a lot of fun to talk with him about that. We talked about running back depth or the lack thereof at the moment for the Rams. We talked about the tight end room and how Dallin Holker and Vincent Brown can be big additions for the program this year. And uh, we also talked a little bit of high school football with the 4A and 5A Colorado State Championship games going to Canvas Stadium this year. 3A will be moving there after this year. And just kind of how that's a win for CSU and really Colorado high school football as a whole. So this is a pretty loaded pod. I really appreciate Kevin for taking some time out of his busy schedule for me. He's a good guy, that Kevin Lytle. Real quick, though, before we get to that interview, it's NBA playoff time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement with every game with just a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, place the same game parlay on an NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you're going to get a bonus bet back up to $10. Maybe you build an awesome SGP for the Nuggets game one, and you take Nikola to get a triple-double, and he pulls the classic like 30 points, 18 boards, and 9 assists. He come up just shy. If you were at a traditional sportsbook in person, you would just have to rip up your ticket right then and there. Oh, well. I guess better luck next time. With DraftKings, though, you get that opportunity at redemption. And that's just one of the many things that makes DraftKings Sportsbook unique. Download the app now, sign up with the code DNVR. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. 
gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369 in Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700. And on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. All right, y'all. Without further ado, we have Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Colorado. Really appreciate him taking the time to speak with me. All right, joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, we've got a very special guest fresh off of his big-time performance in his softball game, four for five, Kevin Lytle, the Fort Collins, Coloradoan. How's it going, man? How's that arm feeling after that big-time performance? Well, well, you know, I have to update. You know, that was the game a week ago, played again Monday, and holy cow, we played extra innings. Um, I believe I went seven for seven. Not the best defense ever played in this game. I think we won 31 to 25. Um, <laughs> so it was a little bit of a Coors Field game, but uh, quite fun. And it actually felt like a spring game as opposed to the past couple weeks where froze to death. <laughs> well, fans want to see the long ball anyways. So uh, you've got my MVP vote. I'll just say that, Kevin. <laughs> but the reason that I wanted to get you on here, one, because you have been able to be at every single day of CSU football spring practice so far. Uh, two, though, to talk about the Colorado State Championship Games moving to Fort Collins. You obviously covered preps for for quite a long time. You've got a lot of connections in northern Colorado, uh, some inside perspective on all this. Basically, why is this a win for CSU and why is this a good thing that this is happening? Yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's the Chasa High School Championships have been a mile high almost for two straight decades outside the COVID year. I think it's 18 years, again, other than the COVID year. Um, so it's kind of become a fixture there. But I know Chasa, you know, I think was looking to have it. I think it was kind of an expensive deal. Um, and I've always been torn on the mile high thing. You know, it's one of those, it's re- obviously really cool for the kids playing the Broncos Stadium, but it's way too big. You know, if, if you get, I think the max crowd they've had, there's like 15 or 16,000, which is a lot of people, but it doesn't feel like in that stadium. Um, so I've always, uh, you know, for years I've advocated to bounce through the college stadiums, uh, you know, especially now at Canvas Stadium, obviously a beautiful facility, Folsom's beautiful. You know, if you were playing those, I think it's great. And then, you know, here we are, lo and behold, moving to Canvas Stadium. I think the deal is through 2027 off the top of my head, starting this season for 4A and 5A. And, and yeah, it's kind of funny, you know, Pooter School District, the, the district up here added um, you know, or made an agreement with CSU and Canvas this past season to host the, the two big rivalry games. And that almost became like a test run for this. Um, it was a huge success. There are 10,000 people for those games. The kids absolutely loved it. It's, you know, really cool. And those 10,000, you know, that makes a decent environment in a 36,000 seat stadium. And, you know, I think Chassa saw that PSD was then able to kind of take that to CSU and Chassa and be like, Hey, like we kind of have proof of concept that this is pretty good. And uh, obviously there's business dealings, you know, the money and everything that goes into it, but everyone got to, you know, terms that, you know, work for everyone. And, and, and so, yeah, it's coming. And like you said, for CSU, I think it's a great deal. You get, um, there are a lot of positives. One, you get a ton of families, you know, parents, students, you know, siblings, friends, 
that maybe have never been to Fort Collins or CSU will be in that stadium and, you know, talk to any administrator at any school ever. And they say the biggest thing in, you know, recruiting, I'm not talking student athletes, just students is get them to campus, especially CSU. Obviously it's a lovely campus. Uh, So getting all those people on there, you know, you figure it'll probably be Creek and Valor in the 5A game. Uh, You know, that's a lot of people, uh, you know, that maybe haven't come to this area or, or to this, you know, campus that will be going through those doors and you kind of get to introduce them. And then certainly from the football side, I don't know if it's a huge recruiting boon. I know some CSU fans have tried to say oh, this is going to be huge. I think it's mildly useful because again, you know, your biggest schools, you're going to have some of the best players playing at CSU. So it certainly doesn't hurt that they get to see you know, a nice facility and everything. Again, I don't think that all of a sudden means CSU is going to uh, land the Christian McCaffrey's of the world, but it, it certainly doesn't hurt to bring those kids to campus uh, in an unofficial non-recruiting capacity. Uh, so, yeah, I think from a CSU side, it's a big win for the high school side. I think it's a win. I know there's some griping from some of the Denver people, but one, there's a world outside 5A football, believe it or not. And two, yeah, it's kind of a pain of a drive, but it takes as long for Cherry Creek people to get to uh, Northern Area Athletic Complex to play Pomona as it does, as it will to get to Fort Collins. So um, it's not really that big a deal. And it's for a championship game. I, mean, I, I think you can handle an hour drive for a championship game. Everyone else in the state does that and much, much more. So it'll be all right. I'm right there with you. And, I mean, you can stay in Fort Collins, make a fun experience out of it. I have no beef with Pueblo, where which obviously hosts the the smaller events right now. But I would rather stay in Fort Collins for a weekend than stay in in Pueblo. So the commute's not that big of a deal. But I for I think you really nailed it just with the recruiting. It's not going to flip the McCaffreys or the Gage Ginthers of the world. Those guys that have you know eighty offers and can go to any school in the country. But to just create those positive experiences on campus, positive memories, obviously being in a state championship game is a pretty significant moment. Maybe that's the difference for a fringe, you know, two, three star kid who has like an offer to K-State or Iowa State or whatever. And he chooses to stay at CSU because he had those experiences or maybe maybe not directly because of that, but just like subconsciously having those positive moments there. Yeah, hundred percent. It certainly does not hurt. Like I said, I don't think it flips the recruiting world or anything, but it does not hurt in any way. I mean, you know, CSU has a couple of kids, you know, I mentioned Creek and Valor, um, Creek and Valor guys who were signed in this year's class were at the scrimmage Saturday, you know, and you know, obviously they landed those guys, but guys like that in the future will be playing in that stadium as, you know, sophomores or whatever. It does not hurt. I'm interested to see the atmosphere too, because I just think getting even if they got 12,000 in canvas compared to what it's like in that Broncos stadium, it was just depressing to see an entire empty stadium. I know it was cool for the players, like you said, but just, I don't know. I I never thought it was that big of a deal, I guess. Yeah, no, I I think, uh, you know, I I got the attendance numbers from all the years um, at mile high and over the last 10, it was basically 10,000 to 14 or 15,000 every year. So if you get that CSU, I think you will, especially first year, obviously, you know, parents from parents and families from the teams are going to go kind of matter what, because obviously it's their kids. But I think you'll get a little bit of a Fort Collins boost. You know, not the whole community isn't going to come out, but you'll get a few people that are like, oh, there are championships happening, you know, two minutes from my house. Sure, I'll you know I'll drop the fifteen bucks or whatever tickets will be and go do that. So yeah, I think if you get you know thirteen fourteen thousand, that'll be a nice atmosphere. It'll look a lot better. 
you know, I'll be fascinated to see uh, if they get TV deal to get these back on, you know, altitude sure or whatever so. it may be, because it's it's been ludicrous uh, not having those available. So that would be another win for CSU if you could get that kind of broadcast out as well. But either way, I think it'll just be a much better football atmosphere. And yeah, you know, some of the kids that are like juniors this year that have played in mile high in the championship. It might be a little like, oh, you know, you know, we got to play at the Broncos stadium. It's a bummer. We're not. But one it's a cool stadium too. That'll clear out, you know, in two years when, when the next class of kids is coming through and, and no one will have that mile high experience because obviously canvas game day will be, you know, very cool for high school kids. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm very curious to see how it plays out. I definitely hope to get it back on TV as, as somebody that just likes to follow the sports. That's been frustrating for me because I would watch if it was on TV or if I was working, I would record it and watch it later. It's, it's a big loss in, in terms of exposure. Yeah, definitely. I, I hope that happens. And yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see what the next step is on that. All right, we'll get right back to that interview momentarily. But first, take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all, though. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. And together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. From building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it for now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Again, ShadyRays.com, that code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. After you get hooked up with some sweet new shades, get yourself an ice-cold Breck Brew. Breck Brew is a beer for any occasion, and there's no better way to celebrate or watch a game than having some ice-cold Breck Brews. They've been doing it for 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Made with 100% renewable energy, you gotta love that. You've also got to love Breckenridge's endless variety. I am a big Mountain Beach Sour fan, especially in the summer. They recently released a Summer Shandy that is phenomenal. Might might take the top spot for Breck now, not going to lie. But with the NHL playoffs coming up, you can't go wrong with just a classic Avalanche Amber Ale. So smooth, so crisp, and unlike certain beers out there, still the great original taste that we've all come to expect. I love Breck. You love Breck. We all love Breck. Finally, when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee with you to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients now with even more locations, serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Bax and Shanker is the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. 
Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Moving on to uh, CSU football. Um, you had a great piece come out this morning on the state of the offensive line. I love the lead about, call, you should call them the Doritos bunch because they've got the chips on their shoulder. Um, look, it's it's spring ball. And one of the things that I've been trying to harp is that you kind of have to take everything with a grain of salt, both the good and the bad. You don't want to get too carried away. The entire roster is not even here. But this this group, it seems like maybe gelling a little bit better and coming together slightly sooner than anticipated. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think right now everyone's optimistic, like you say. And, you know, like I mentioned that piece, it's spring and it's mid-spring. So, uh, you know, don't take anything as, you know, solidified. Oh, you know, this is going to be the best offensive line in the Mountain West. But I think there are positive signs. Um, And, and yeah, I thought it was fascinating talking to Bill Best, uh, the offensive line coach. You know, he straight up said – we have a bunch of guys that, you know, basically feel like, you know, overlooked, unproven, um, very grateful to be in this position. You know, and that that's a word that this staff has been throwing out a lot. I think uh, sort of a hinted message that maybe there were guys, you know, on the roster last year that uh, were, ha- you know, felt they were maybe bigger than their role here and and sort of ungrateful or, or whatever for the position they were in. And you look at the offensive line, Savion Henderson, Lane College, I had never heard of it. Uh, Drew Moss, Lamar, I had heard of it, but didn't know much about it. Oliver Jervis, Monmouth. So you have a bunch of guys that played a ton of games, uh, but at lower levels. And so this is a big opportunity for them. You know, will it pay off again? We don't know. We're not going to know until September. Uh, but the early signs are good. They they seem to be well connected. Uh, you know, Bill Best was telling me about Oliver Jervis at Monmouth, the five starting O-linemen, the starting running back lived in a house together. And he sort of brings <laughs> that type of, you know, find ways to bond a group together mindset to this team. And it seems like this O-line is hanging out a lot. Um, but like you said, even, you know, we don't even know the full line right now. You know, we know what the number one unit is and it could be that in fall, but you have three JUCOs coming in already. They're going to add in the transfer portal, probably at least one. You have some young guys, you know, Brian Crespo, for instance, is still injured. So he's not part of it right now. So there's still some movement, um, but they seem happy about where it's at. And I think the biggest thing is we know this defense is going to be pretty good. I think that's pretty certain. And we know the D-line, you know, led by Mo Kamara is quite good. So when Mo, after Saturday's scrimmage, was kind of ticked off because the defense wasn't awesome, because the offense had leaned on them. I think that's a solid sign. Again, that doesn't mean CSU is all of a sudden going to be a best offense in FBS, but it's at least a positive sign. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, last year, the offensive line kind of got torched in every single scrimmage and then the spring game too. So, I mean, it's a positive step as we're trying to make it pretty clear here. We're not saying like all of a sudden this is going to be the best offensive line in the Mountain West. But it is encouraging, and I like the mindset of this group. I like that mentality. And I and I wonder if that's more sustainable for a program like CSU trying to find those, I don't like, JUCO, FCS, D2 guys. Because kind of like Wyoming, you're not, you're not going to sign the offensive linemen that can go anywhere. You kind of have to bring guys in that are under the radar, develop them, coach them. I mean, it's, 
it's it's not going to be perfect. You'd love to land the five stars if you could, but it does feel like a sustainable way for CSU to win if they can consistently find these guys that are kind of under the radar. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, offensive line more than any position probably is developmental. I mean, there are very few guys that can play as freshmen at, you know, anywhere. And the ones that can are, like you say, going to, you know, the Alabamas and Georgias and Tennessees of the world. Uh, so, yeah, finding guys, A, high school guys that you can, re, you know, develop. And then, yeah, B, maybe some lower tier guys that have done some developing and learning and playing at the college level that you can then level up again, which is what the hope is with, you know, these Jervis and Henderson and Moss, those type of guys. I think it, you know, we'll see proof will be in the pudding, but it seems to make sense for a school, you know, like CSU and where they're at. Well, especially in today's game where you don't have the NIL money to throw around. I mean, if you're even a competent starting lineman in today's world, somebody's going to give you a check. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like sinners in basketball. Everyone needs them, but they're they're hard to come by. Um, so everyone wants them. What do you mean? Just go sign a seven-footer that shoots 40% from three and can dunk from the free throw line. Yeah, exactly. Um, what is your thoughts on these uh, these tight ends? Because it was a big approach in the offseason. They went out, they signed uh, Vincent Brown from College of DuPage, kind of a bigger, maybe Cole Turner type vertical receiving threat and Dallin Holker, who's probably in line to be that tight end one. What is your kind of thoughts on them? And it's, is that a group you think that's going to make a big impact this season? Yeah, totally different room. You know, the tight ends, um, I wrote, I think there were only like 16 catches maybe from the tight end room last season. Yeah, obviously Tanner Arkin was the guy um, that I think has, has great potential, but just a different basically not fit in this offense. He's more your traditional blocking tight end. Um, and obviously they needed the tight ends to block last year because the offensive line couldn't. Uh, but it really affected the offense because there was kind of no intermediate passing game. You know, there was the short passing game and there was the deep passing game, but there wasn't sort of that middle tier. And that's a lot of times where tight ends will come into play. I think that really is where Dallin Holker will come in. BYU transfer the dude looks the part. I mean, he looks really good. He seems to find spaces very well, make some of those tough catches over the middle. Um, his first catch in the scrimmage Saturday, uh, he kind of had to box out Jack Howell as Jack Howell was kind of running through him, made a really tough catch. Which again, it's just one play, but sort of an example of what they hope he can do. Um, so I think he's going to be a really nice player for CSU. And again, help open up that intermediate passing game, which is so vital this year. You know, that's part of the sacks problem. It's part of the you know, lack of moving the chains problem. It's, it's a lot of things um, will be affected if they clean that up a bit. And then, yeah, Vincent Brown, he had one, I think is from Giles Pooler, a little seam route on a, in the scrimmage Saturday where he got in and man, he went, he has big, long strides. He's like six, seven. You can totally see how he can be that, you know, deep seam threat and also certainly red zone threat. Kind of likewise, Jordan Williams, young guy. We saw some last year. I think he had the one touch. I think it's against San Jose state. Um, he'll have an opportunity to do some of that as well. So it's a totally different room. Um, and I think some pretty good, pieces there. So I think we're going to see a lot more tight end involvement this season. You mentioned tight ends had to block. Um, the sack problem was kind of a lot of different things combined last year, the lack of depth, the injuries, the lack of continuity, quarterbacks holding on to the ball too long. But one of the things Jay's mentioned a couple of times is that there was a lot of pressure directly up the middle. And that's why they've moved Jacob Gardner back to center. 
I think some of that has to do with he probably projects better at the next level there and they're trying to do right by him too. But it seems like the interior of that offensive line's in a much better space. Again, you know, we're going to have to see who ends up starting, but I think you can pretty much guarantee Gardner will be somewhere starting, if not at center, somewhere else. Teodi's kind of impressing at guard, and now you've got Jervis, who had a lot of experience at Monmouth. Yeah, I mean, that, like you said, shoring up the center or the middle was huge. You know, last season, that was the plan last season to have Gardner there, and he started there, but they basically had to move him to tackle because he had the experience. So after injury, you had to do that. Um, but you ended up with, you know, a redshirt freshman, George Mickey Hahn playing a bunch and a true freshman walk on and Keegan Hamilton playing a bunch. Um, so those guys, you know, they they did a lot well considering their experience level, but that's just a really tough position. You know, they're really high on Keegan Hamilton. I think he'll he has every chance to be the starting center once Gardner is gone. But he was just too green to the position. You know, Bill Best, offensive line coaches are just the best to talk to. He had this awesome line. He said, yeah, you know, last year, you know, those guys, you know, they worked their tails off and did the best they could. But he's like, it was kind of like playing baseball without a shortstop. He goes, now we've got Derek Jeter in there, which, you know, great line. You know, is is uh, Jacob Gardner the best center of all time? You know, maybe not. But you get his point that it it was a huge miss, not just from, you know, the physical blocking in the interior, but all the communication things that center has to do. Again, when you have kids in there, they just aren't going to have the wealth of knowledge that Jacob Gardner has in how to make sure things are covered. So I think that's going to be a big boost right there. And again, the depth should be better this year. So even if or when you have injuries, hopefully it won't be as catastrophic as last year. I don't want to take up too much of your time here, but last thing I kind of wanted to ask you about is just running back depth. Um, obviously, the Avery Morrow situation is still ongoing legally. We'll kind of have to see what happens there, and then you can kind of address it at that point. We don't need to speculate on what may or may not happen with him. But how do you feel about the depth right now, and how limited is CSU for the second half of spring, especially with the potential uh, Keegan Hollis injury? Yeah, it is. Uh safe to say the the spring running back room won't look like the fall running back room because right now you know Keegan Hollis was the only scholarship guy um, in that room uh, and he just got one at the end of last season he was a former walk-on as well and then he got hurt in the scrimmage you know I, they, they were doing tests and everything we'll see unfortunately it, it looks like it could be you know a significant one I hope that's not true um so yeah you have Van Shield you have basically three walk-ons um that were running the ball Saturday after Keegan went down. Um, Van had a ton of carries. That dude must have been exhausted after the the scrimmage. You know, he actually looked pretty solid. Again, you know, this is a knock on him, but he's probably not going to be your number one or anything. Um, I asked Jay about that. I said, you know, do you just have to keep running plays how you envision running them in the fall, even though you don't necessarily have the running backs that can maybe execute them? And he says, yeah, you know, they ran hard, you know, for the O-line. We have to keep blocking those up, see what we can do. But there's no doubt. I mean, just watching, there were a couple there doing some red zone drills. There were probably a few where there was a hole there that probably could have been hit that maybe wasn't. Um, so your room is a little thin. Jay, you know, did say they might, might even have to bring someone else over from a different position group. They hadn't um, as of yesterday's practice, but that's a possibility. But it's super thin. Um, but, you know, you're going to have one way or another reinforcements in the fall. You have uh, Damian Henderson, Justin Marshall, two freshmen um, coming in in the summer. Um, 
Name's not out yet, but I believe they've landed a fairly significant transfer coming in that um, kind of regardless of the Moro situation, I would imagine he'll play, um, assuming he does officially sign and everything. So that that probably should be coming soon um, if, if the name I've heard is true. Uh, so yeah, it's going to look different. Like you said, with Avery Mora, we just don't know. No one knows. You know, I know people probably ask both of us all the time. It's not a hidden or secret thing that there's, you know, no one knows until the legal situations played out, um, what his you know future is going to look like. So, so yeah, it is kind of funky that the, the running back room in spring is, um, very much, uh, uh, moving pieces that, you know, it's going to look a lot different come fall. Something to keep an eye on, Ram fans. Maybe a transfer coming in. Kevin, thank you for coming on, hopping on, talking a little bit of CSU football, a little bit of high school with me, and uh, taking time out of your busy training schedule. I mean, I'm sure you've got to hit the cages here pretty (laughs) soon to keep up this streak. Yeah, something like that. Scummy like Martin Scarelli, turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys, like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.